take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online at couplesynergy.com and subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they need to do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In this episode, Gene and I will be talking about the couple entrepreneur, or as it's termed, the couplepreneur. Yeah. And it kind of hits close to home because obviously, you know, Gene and I, we've run a business for going on 18 years now. Mm-hmm. We also kind of, found out that a lot of the couples that we are going to be interviewing in future podcasts have businesses together. Right. We actually met at work and we always, almost always work together at the same company right. before we started our company. Right. And, you know, to define couplepreneur, this term defines a couple who have a business together. And, you know, let's make a distinction from solo entrepreneurs who have a supportive spouse mm-hmm. and dual entrepreneurial couples that have separate businesses, have separate businesses, right? But support each other. And these different categories come from a book called Entrepreneurial Couples that was written by Kathy Marshak. And you know, the Census Bureau isn't able to really pinpoint how many couples own a business together. It's hard to track that. But yeah, they, especially like you know, in Illinois. You were both owners, but in Texas, only one of us owns because the other person automatically owns it if you're married. Right. It's called like common ownership, right. common law. So the Census Bureau estimates that 14 million solo entrepreneurs exist without employees in the U.S. They estimate, though, that a large number of these are run by husband and wife teams. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were in Spain, we saw a lot of mom and pop type of shops, you know, they, they would have the coffee shop and be running it as a family. I think it's very common, a European lifestyle, much more common than the United States. Right. Forbes magazine actually says that if farming is considered business, then the reality of couples working together in a business goes back to colonial times. Right. Right. And that they also say that in effect, the couple is the couple in business is the most common form of a family business. Yeah. I would say that, you know, people used to just live as families. That was just survival. It wasn't necessarily like they they might have a farm that they might not be selling. Right. They're just living, living together, but they would live as a unit. And I think even older than that, you know, when men would go off to war or sail on ships and explore, there was a long periods of time when the family was separated or they were completely together. Mm -hmm. This concept of the 40 day work week, which is 50 or 60 hours now. 40 hour work week in that 40 day. That's not until the industrial revolution. And so this, the couplepreneurship has evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. And now 
do you know any famous couples, Jean, who work together? Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. Trisha Yearwood. Right. Melissa McCarthy, Ben Falcone. The, and uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. There's a few shows, right, with the people who flip houses and that kind of stuff that work together. Here's a fun fact. Melinda and Bill Gates, mm. they work together. And Wendy Williams, Kevin Hunter, and Julia and Kevin Hartz. Oh, and uh, here, here's, here's a good, cool one. Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. Yeah. They work together as well. So as we said, we started the business in 2002. Yep. And at that time, I was working in a, we were both working in a community mental health center. Mm -hmm. And we decided that we wanted to start a company working strictly with couples and to start our model called Couple Synergy. Yeah. And at the time, our kids really needed much more parenting. You know, they were going through some stuff. And so I felt like I just didn't want to keep putting them in daycare and going off to work. And so I think that was a big drive of like, how are we going to figure this out? It absolutely was a Mm -hmm. big drive. And, you know, the balancing act that we started right in the beginning, that was, that was pretty difficult. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously when you're starting business together, you know, you're not going to be able to afford benefits, health insurance, et cetera. So, you know, you, you have to, we had to do that switch. Mm -hmm. You know, to go from full time working as an employee and then kind of dialing back at the same time as starting the business as well. Right. And when you're both in it, that's your income. (laughs) Right. So if the business isn't doing well, your whole family feels it. Which is one of the cons of running a business together. Yeah. Right. Is that that financial pressure is it can be so great for a couple. If you go back to what we were talking about, about taking risks together, like doing something thrilling together, I think running a business naturally offers that. It absolutely does. (laughs) You know, because you get all those highs and lows, you know, you get those times when, oh, we just got this really exciting thing happening and it's a boost for our company and you, you rise together with that or you get the other thing where, oh, we tried this and it didn't work and that sucks. Right. So, you know, you can, it can bond you together mm-hmm. and then it, it can also separate you too. Oh yeah. You know, especially the, when you run into conflict yeah. and, you know, conflict of opinions, trying to figure out how to change things in the business. You know, sometimes you can take your fight home with you. I think that, you know, having boundaries between work life and home life, I think for us are very blurry. We are constantly playing together and constantly working together, even on vacation or, you know, lots of things. But I think we just love what we do so much that it just is what we are. And there is not necessarily differentiation, although we only go to the office if we can help it only three days a week. You know, over the years, people have asked us how we can work together. And I, I could see how it would be a challenge from their perspective because we do spend a lot of time together. Right. And if a couple has has difficulty agreeing on things or they have difficulty when they have conflict, then, you know, trying to find that common ground, especially when you're trying to create a business that is going to support you both financially, that'll be a huge challenge for people. Yeah. If you can't resolve conflict, 
probably shouldn't be in business together because, <laughs> you know, there's so many decisions that need to get made. And I mean, you and I are very different in our opinions and our ways of going about things. But I really believe that if it's something worth doing, we both will figure a way out to do it. And I think that's, that's the best thing. We've learned a lot about each other from having a business. Like you are really good at focusing on the, de- the details of things. Right. And I'm really good at the big picture. Right. The visionary yeah. aspect of mm-hmm. it. Right. And so we, we've naturally kind of divided our responsibilities up based on those kind of things. Well, I, I shouldn't, I wouldn't say naturally. I would say that that developed over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, you know, often we would fight about, you know, the vision or we would fight about the details until we really found that our area, our niche, right, that worked for us in the business. Yeah, you really have to trust. And, you know, I think the biggest sticking point for us, at least, is we don't always share when we make decisions. And, I think then you feel left out. I think that's the hardest part because so many decisions need to get made. Right. Yeah, I find this this topic very fascinating because when we're working with couples, the hardest couple that we have to work with is when their lives are very, very different, which means one person is staying home and the other person is working. Yeah, it's hard for them to understand the other person's position. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, you know, us, we, we see each other at work. You know, we spend a lot of time together at home. Not only, you know, do we spend a lot of time together, but our work is focused on couple relationships. Right. And so we're, we're in it all the time, yeah. you know, and I, I think that that really helps us work on our relationship as well. Absolutely. I mean, we have to, we have to, how can we teach it if we don't live it? Exactly. The, the people who they both work they at least can understand the pressures that each have and they're both trying to be more equal in the home with those tasks and with the kids. But when you have the stay-at-home person and the working person, th- those are, that's that's very mm-hmm. challenging for them to understand each other's position. Yeah, we've had several couples that we've worked with that are dual entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? They have yep. their own business and they had to set up different boundaries, at home, like they, they yeah. work at different parts of the house. If they work out of their house, yeah. Right. That's very challenging. Right, because, you know, one person might come into the office to try to gather some, you know, paper or whatever, and it might not, it might you know bother the other person. Or they're, they're taking a break and they want to interrupt you and you're in the middle of a meeting or something. Right. You know, for us, we might not see each other most of the day, even though we work together. We have separate offices in our, in our, in our company. And we work individually as well as with couples. So unless we're in a session with a couple, we're, we don't really see each other during the day. Right. So hi, I'm seeing you (laughs) cross for the microphone here. Yeah. But it's the running of the business and making all those decisions, which is, you know, at the end of the day, we sit and talk about how the day went. We have interviewed one, two, three, four, five, six couples that have started businesses together and three couples that work in the same field and actually met because they work in the same field or at the same job. And those things are a little stickier when you work for someone else. Most of them wanted to not have that be a public thing until they were really solid, like practically ready to get married. Yeah, right. So that's another tricky situation when you work for a company. The company that we worked for when we met 
we both just quit <laughs> once we got <laughs> together. So we avoided that. And then after that, once we were hired, we were hired as a married couple, like separately, but the, everyone knew we were married. It wasn't anything we had to deal with. I think one of the challenges that you run across when you run a business together with your spouse is the like dependency that is created, the interdependency, right? Not codependency, mm-hmm. but interdependency. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things, some of the articles out there kind of warn about that, that couples should consider what happens if the marriage ends or what happens if the business ends. Yeah, ours is so intertwined that we would lose it all. <laughs> if our marriage yeah. ended, everything would end. Absolutely, because yeah. it's just so part, so such a big part of our life, right? You know, and our life's work and working with couples. So there's a concept called the dependent paradox, and the dependent paradox says that when you are with another person, you are more likely to take risks and be adventurous. So the study that they did was with toddlers, and they had the the parent and the toddler sitting together, and there were some toys, and they had the the kid would get down and start playing with the toys. Then they'd ask the parent to leave the room and the child would stop playing and go to the door and cry. The parent would come back in, soothe the child, and then the child would explore again. So dependent paradox says that, you know, it's much more comfortable to walk into a party with a buddy or your partner. It's much more comfortable to go and do something new when you're with someone than all by yourself. And so the dependent paradox is a really important thing that I think it's, if you were running a business and I wasn't part of it, mm-hmm. that I, I had, that would be really tough. And you would have to go do things that, you know, put yourself out there in ways that are challenging for you. And I wouldn't be a part of that. Right. At, at times it would feel very alone. Yeah. Right. And like that burden and those mm-hmm. responsibilities are solely on your shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, with running a business, there's more than just sitting in the business and doing it. You have to market. And so you do get this opportunity to go out and meet other people that are doing this. It's it's not so mundane at all. You know, people say it looks the same. I think it only looks the same if you work for another company and you're just doing your job. But when you're running a business, you're constantly creating things and and putting your, your name out there and branding and all those kind of great. You are solely the face yeah. of the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. You know, in our next episode, we actually interview a couple who have a business together as well. Yeah, you know, Julie and, they, and Charlie. Julie and Charlie. Muscle activation in Schaumburg. And they met learning about the industry that they're in. Right. Like going to school together mm-hmm. and then created the business together. And they've been yeah. running it as, you know, together as, as mm-hmm. a couple, which is which is great because, I mean, that's exactly what we've been doing for so many years. Right. And you know, so often we run into couples that are doing the same thing, but to have that innovative kind of approach to be creative in the way that they are is very inspiring and exciting. Right. So I think one of the things we should talk about is, you know, what advice would we give couples who have different work structures in their marriage? Like we mentioned Couples who one person stays home with kids, mm-hmm. right? And the other person is out in the workforce. Right. We have also the structure of two people who have different careers. Mm-hmm. And then the three categories that I mentioned earlier, the solo entrepreneur, the dual entrepreneur, and then the couplepreneur. So the stay at home and the working person, 
That's the most difficult. And I think what makes it so difficult is when a person stays home, they don't punch a clock and they don't get a paycheck. And so it's very hard to value what they're doing. You know, maybe when their kids are in their 20s, they'll get a really nice Mother's Day (laughs) or Father's Day if it's a dad that stays home. And there's not a lot of good feedback about what the value is of doing dishes and driving people around and parenting and soothing them. And, And it's a really, really difficult job. And there's not as much support for it. You know, when my mom was a stay at home mom, all the moms were stay at home moms. But now it's, you know, it's not as common. And so people are pretty isolated. So that idea of, you know, if if your partner's working, they come home from work and they're done working. But the work isn't done. Right. And so I, I think I remember asking you that, like, how do how do you convince the working person that they should invest in their kids more or help out around the house more because they see their job as making money and the other person's job as doing everything else. Well, it's very easy to see that separation in your own head, you know, because you're not really aware of what is happening in your partner's life when you're away from them. And so if you're the person working, you, you find that financial responsibility to be solely on your shoulders. And so when you get home, you feel like, I'm done. I need to take my break. But the person staying at home doesn't have that break. Right. It's just it's just constant. And plus, there isn't a dollar amount that you can put on the person staying at home and the, and the value and the, and the work that they do. Yeah, I always like to think about the marriage as a corporation. And you don't just pay the salespeople or the people bringing in the money. You also have to pay the janitor and the accountant and all the other things that aren't making money, but keep the the company going. And so it's a, it's a really important thing to see it that way, that both people are adding value because otherwise you're paying for daycare and you're paying for someone to clean the house and you're paying for stuff. And if there is a separation or a distance between the couple, and if that grows, then that's where a lot of that negativity, you know, and seeing your partner in negative light can start coming up and surfacing and growing. Right. I think some of the dangers are if you're the working parent and you see the kids as your partner's responsibility, then you're not really investing in your kids. And that's that's a really bad thing because your kids need you. They need both parents. They need both parents for different reasons. And the person who's working kind of sees the kids as like, well, the other person has it down and I'm not so sure what to do. So I'm just going to let them continue to drive that. And that's a really big mistake. You really should, you know, give that person a break and take your kids, take your kids for the day and bond with them and, and have a real relationship with them. That's one of the biggest mistakes we see with the person working. Well, in addition to that, I think one of the mistakes that happens is when you reframe it as I'm helping out. Right. Or babysitting my kids. I'm helping out with the dishes or I'm helping out with the laundry, helping out with my kids, you know, and that is, you know, that just really separates the two roles and makes the roles much, much more distinct. And that that your value isn't an equal partner in the relationship. The other really dangerous thing is when the stay at home person has a relationship with their kids and they don't invest in their relationship with their partner. And they're getting all their affection from their kids and all of their bonding needs from their kids. And they're not separating out that part and then going and spending good couple time with their partner. 
Right. So the the second category that we mentioned was people who have different careers, right? So both of them have full-time jobs. They're trying to also balance kids at home. And that is, I find that that's a really difficult structure. Yeah, I, I think that the hardest part of that that we hear is they feel guilty. Yeah. They have their kids in daycare and they don't see them enough. And so they they feel like working on their relationship takes even more from their kids, which is a really bad mistake. Right. So they put, put their relationship more on a back burner. Yep. And so any time that they have at home, it is family time. Right. So if they're going out to dinner, it's uh, the whole family going out to dinner. If they're going on vacation, the whole family is going on vacation. So the, the couple relationship really suffers Absolutely. In, in this structure. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the hardest one. I mean, we asked them, like, when's the last time you did something new together, just the two of you? And they're like, not since our honeymoon, right. not since the kids were born. And if you're feeling guilt, think about it like this. The most important thing you can do for your kids is take care of your relationship. Oh, well, you know, you need to role model that Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. You know, they are learning from you what a healthy relationship looks like. And so if they just see you as co-parents and that there isn't any connection between the two of you, then they, they're going to grow up creating that in their own relationship as well. Right. Also keep in mind that everything you're doing is also for your kids. Working and providing a lifestyle for your children is taking care of your kids. And providing good daycare is part of taking care of your kids. So, you know, lay off the guilt a little bit. You know, no one's out there that I've, that we really see, like they're totally ne- neglecting or abandoning their kids. Everything they're doing is for their kids and their family. Well, there's no such thing as a perfect family. Right. And I think that there's a lot of expectations that people place on themselves that may be unrealistic. Right. And a lot of people didn't have that role model. I didn't. My dad ran a company. My mom stayed home with kids. That was my model. What was yours? Right. Mine was uh, the stay-at-home model mm-hmm. where my mom stayed at home and my father worked. Yep. So we had the same. So we were pioneers trying to figure it out. I think a lot of couples today are. And so, you know, don't be afraid to get a babysitter and leave your kids once a year or so. Take a little weekend trip together. It really will enhance not just your relationship, but how you are as parents and, and your be- family. believe us, when we say that, we know that it's very difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both had careers together at, at the same point as running, you know, mm-hmm. well, that was before running the business, but, you know, we had little kids at that time too. And so it's, it is very difficult to take time away, you know, as a couple, but it's, it is so important. Absolutely. So the third category is the solo entrepreneur. Right. And so this would be someone who runs a business on their own and maybe their spouse supports them, too, from time to time. But they're not typically part of the business. I think we we started talking a little bit about Mm -hmm. this earlier. Right. But some of the challenges and some of the advice that we would have for the solo entrepreneur. When we see couples with this structure, they the person with the business tends to really not want to share what's going on in the business with their partner. And it creates a big wedge. And I think using your your partner as a sounding board and to share in some of the risks and some of the celebrations is a really important thing. Well, I, I think some of the apprehension is that, you know, my spouse isn't going to understand. 
you know, they're, they're not going to understand what I'm going through. Again, the financial pressures rest solely on your shoulders. And so it can be something you don't want to share and talk about. You know, if that was the case, then I would really recommend that you and your partner have a hobby or are creating something else together. You know, whether you're on a bowling league or. Yeah, or, or you guys exercise together. You do, you know, 5Ks or you ride bikes, bicycles together. Bikes, boating. Boating, that something boat. that's, you know, an active activity mm-hmm. that the two of you enjoy. Right. You can make plans around that and connect there. I think also one of the challenges that we have found with this structure is boundaries. Yeah. Right. We've had several couples that we have worked with where one spouse helps out the other. They're not getting paid. Right. Right. And so they don't really know where they begin and where they end. They don't know what their role is, you know, and they also don't know what the value is mm-hmm. in it for them. They see the company or this business as their partners, but not theirs. Right. Right. So maybe their partner's asking them, hey, can you run this delivery for me? Or can you help me out with, you know, the books books or stock and, you know, the shelves or whatever that is. And they're putting in the time and they're working, but they don't really see how that is going to benefit them in Mm -hmm. the end. And so it it can create some resentment that might build up as well. Yeah, I, I think that especially the couples that we see divorcing, where there's a solo entrepreneur, the partner who's not part of it seems really in the dark about, about the finances, about the, the structure of the business, all sorts of things. And it, and it can lead to that. Right. So it, it would be important for the solo entrepreneur to be able to, you know, set up some type of a role if you want mm-hmm. your spouse to help out and your spouse is willing, you know, that role to be clearly defined so that they know what they're helping with and when their job is done. Right. And that they just don't feel like a, like an errand person. And also, you know, think about setting up a financial situation where the other person has access to their own money. So they feel safer in the world, you know, whether it's a retirement account or some type of investment of of money, because it's very risky to support someone who's in a sole proprietorship and you're not working. And if the relationship dissolves, that other person's really in a bad spot. I, I think the the second category, the dual entrepreneur, is it's a lot easier to define mm-hmm. because both people have their own business. Right. Right. So they know what their business is bringing in and they know what their effort is resulting in. And then the two of them are trying to figure out how to combine things in their relationship, like finances and and then logistics and dealing with the household. I think the hard part about that one is when one person is doing very well and the other person is not. Right, right. So one business is doing much Mm -hmm. better than the other, right? And especially if the business that's not doing so well needs financial support from the other one, there's some conflict there. So those things should be talked about and set up. I, I think it can be even more difficult when these two businesses are being run in the same house. Like what I mean is, they work from home. Right. Right. We mentioned a couple that we worked with that did have two separate businesses and they worked out of their house. Setting up those boundaries in the house is, is going to be very important too. Mm-hmm. Like where is your workspace and when do you 
punch in and punch out, like clock in and clock out, you know, and when does your partner do that too? Because it's very easy to blend in all of the household duties with your business. Yeah. Right. So if you're working out of the house, it's very easy to say, oh, wait, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go and throw a load of laundry in. Right. Or, you know, I, I just, I'm going to make some lunch. Well, I can do the dishes now, right? And get that out of the way. So now your, your day is just blended with work and then also the household responsibilities. And so it can seem very overwhelming over the course of the day because you don't have those distinct starts and stops. The other thing is to keep a really good schedule so that you know that, you know, if your partner has a meeting or is going out of town or you're not available, that you can coordinate all those things when you're trying to make decisions for the family. And and it's a good role model for, for the kids as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of our clients, they struggled because, you know, the kids would come in and interrupt them while they were working. And so for them, they had to set up hours and they put those hours outside of their, you know, their work room, space, yeah. workspace, you know, that this is, I am available from this time to this time so that the kids knew when they could talk to them and when they couldn't. Mm-hmm. The next category is the couplepreneur. Yeah. And that's where we are at. Mm-hmm. And some of the challenges that we run into there are that there aren't really any distinct boundaries. Right. You know, when you when you're running a company 50-50, it's such a balance that we we got stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we resolved that is we brought in a consultant and someone to help us when we had a stalemate. Right. And it helped our business have a much more momentum, right? Well, it's very easy to get stuck into a paradigm, mm-hmm. you know, and just seeing the same thing over and over again right? The same concept or the same approach. And so you, you need sometimes that outside perspective to be able to shift it. Right. I think we've done a great job of both of us just like to get stuff done. And so we're always one of us doing something. And it's not like the other one's sitting around going, why you keep working or why are you doing that? You know, it's, we're, we're always pretty equal with that. And, and I would say that's true about you know, dishes and things like that. We're just, we just get it done. Right. Whatever it is. If it needs to be done, we get it done. Every now and then it's like, okay, I've been doing this a little bit more than you. So it's your turn. But that's about it. But that's a flow that has developed over 18 years yeah. of mm-hmm. being in business together. Yeah. And, and some of the advice that we would have for couples who are starting a business together and working together is that they've got to lock themselves in a room which we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and you've got to fight it out. Yeah. And you've got to figure out where that balance point is going to be for all of the different struggles and challenges yep. and factors that you're going to be running into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're not getting out of this room until we have all these decisions made. And we were in there for like eight hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it's worth it because, you know, just because one of us has an idea, that doesn't mean that that's the best idea. And sort of mulling it over and really putting that time in. I think it laid a foundation that helped us grow from there, even though it's not fun. It's not fun to sit and fight that out. And you're fighting about stupid things like the color of the brochure, you know. Right. Well, most couplepreneurs, I, I don't think, create a structure. Yeah. You know, they just kind of try to survive, mm-hmm. you know, throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, having that structure is very important. There's a book called 
The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. He talks about creating your own business, but creating it from the perspective of it being like a hundred employee type of company. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, breaking out all the different roles of that company, you know, the president, vice president, you have director of marketing, you have director of IT. And then in the beginning, when you're starting your business, you pretty much fill all those roles. Right. And in, in the case of a couplepreneur, you, you are then forced to, to make a distinction as to who is going to cover what, right? Because it'd be very easy to kind of step on each other's toes. You know, that if your partner's having a difficult time, you just jump in there and do it. Yeah. But that's not necessarily beneficial for creating a structure within the company and then moving forward. Right. I think the most important thing that helped us is you have to remember that a business is it has seasons and you can't pick the fruit the day you plant the tree. And it's really important to step back from it. You know, when we, when we first started the company, we were doing like 80 hours a week because we were building websites and making brochures and working in the business and on the business. And then we had this opportunity to take a three-day trip. And the thing that was interesting about that is when we came back after those three days, we were scared to leave it. We were scared to let it be without us for three days. Mm -hmm. We didn't have much money. Right. It was really in the beginning. And when we came back from those three days, we reached a level of stability. And it seems to, to me that most of the time when we leave, it creates another shift in the company. So I think it's really important to step back and let it go and let it sort of grow. You know, when you plant a seed, you got to let it just sit and grow. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. We hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. And for all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it. For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couples Synergy was recorded edited and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>